0: Hi, guys. Welcome to our live panel webinar. I'm Kelly Hickton. And I'm Miranda Palmer. (laughs) And today we've invited some of our friends and colleagues to talk to you about their experience in um, growing their practices beyond the one-on-one. So today we're joined with Nicole Stoller-Peterson. Hello. There. Hello. <laughs> Mallory Hey. <laughs> Sherry <laughs> Shockey Pope. Hi. And Melissa Hall is unfortunately sick, which is not good. And we are waiting on Michelle Thomas to join us. But in the meantime, welcome. Thank you guys for joining us. We think it's a lot more fun to do this kind of stuff. Other than the fact that my face has to be on camera. (laughs) And just like hang out. What you guys don't know is we actually have gotten to spend time in person with all these wonderful people. Um, So we do have a bit of history (laughs) and we know each other pretty well. So this should be a fun panel. If you guys are excited, I want to see in the chat box. I want you guys to get used to this because it's a little different than our other platform we use. To see where you type a message. Are you excited to be here? Yay, yay.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Robin Fester. hmm mm-hmm. 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 Pump it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Some of our good friends are in here. There's Rob D'Angelo. And hey, Robin. I see a lot of people, a lot of hi from Texas. Uh Oh yeah. We're kind of personal. (laughs) No, uh, we don't wear, yeah, this is not formal, but you're still going to learn a lot of stuff. Yes. Yes? It's not
2: formal, but it's very professional and very informative. (laughs) So there you go. If you could imagine getting to sit around an amazing dinner table or coffee table with some of the most effective and impactful and empathetic and caring people, um, and just getting to hear a little bit about their heart and then sharing <laughs> sharing out of the goodness of, of who they are. That's what this is going to be like today, and it's going to be really awesome. So again, thank you guys for being here. Yeah. I each of you. Um, have really busy lives and really busy practices Mm -hmm. and so is so appreciated Mm -hmm. Um, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going um, around we have a series of questions for each of them that they already know in advance it's like super exciting it's no surprises um, that they're prepped for um, so that they can uh, share a little bit with each of you Um, and then we'll kind of come come back around we'll have a question for everybody you guys will get to post a couple of questions Um, to them as well. And then we'll go from there. All right.
0: Should we do like where they introduce and talk a little bit about their uh, practice for a quick minute, like go around real quick so that they people know who they are, where they're at and all that.
2: We can do that or they can do that as part of their initial, I think it's integrated into their questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not
0: properly. No. So let's just go around. (laughs) Uh, Mallory, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself uh, and where you're at right now?
3: Yeah, so I'm Mallory Grimstee and I work mostly with teenagers who are struggling with what they describe as anxiety, which sometimes it is anxiety, sometimes it's something else. Um, I've learned working with teens that anxiety tends to be code for, I don't like what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that is my wheelhouse. I do groups and individual, and um, I'll talk a little bit about workshops. And, cool. Yeah. Sherry?
1: Um, I'm from Riverside California and I have a group practice there's 15 of us now and um, yeah awesome. we, we we incorporated so I'm now the COO yeah
0: <laughs> boss
1: lady
4: hashtag yeah.
0: right
4: <laughs> yeah there we go. nice yeah Nicole. Yes. (laughs) Good morning. Uh, My name is Nicole Stoller-Peterson. I am a licensed clinical social worker and um, I run therapistcourtprep.com. And um, that is actually from the help of you two ladies, um, finding my niche, which I was already apparently in and just finding a way to kind of get it out there so I could help more people with it. And of course, when I first got going in this world. I would never have met you two had Sherry not introduced me. So I want to thank her ahead of time for that. Um, and she is amazing. So I'm really happy to be here and be able to share anything that could be helpful to our community because we have got to do like more work coming together because it's amazing what happens when we work together. I mean, it's really, really amazing to watch. So I'm excited to be here. Sweet.
0: Awesome.
4: So, who do we want to pick on first? Uh,
0: Let's pick on Sherry. Yes!
2: Yay! All right, awesome. So, I'm going to change the little things. So, so.
0: okay, we'll go to, oh, you're going to change. No, you have to use the mouse because my trackpad's broken. (laughs) It's been quite the week. All right. So, Sherry, I want to hear about um, what you do beyond the one-on-one can you hear me and why you chose and why you chose that route
1: okay um we I started a group practice there was two of us that started and then we expanded expanded we had Nicole for a while that was working with us um and we added another wall and it was sort of like that we always started with multiple people and so once we did that um there was like no going back and I met you guys, we started adding more clinicians, and then we added more clinicians, and then we moved, so we had more rooms, um, because we just kept expanding. And, and the real reason that we started was we wanted to help our community. We wanted to give back to our community. Um, my business partners and I had worked for the county, we had seen lots of foster care kids, and we just felt that the quality of services wasn't as good, and so we had a mission. We had to make this mission happen. Um, and so we took our passion and we started creating it. And then after I got that stabilized, then I started doing pre- uh, therapist practice in a box, which is helping graduate students transition into pri- uh, private practice after they get their license. And then they go to you to get all the other nitty gritty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why, why go into therapist practice in a box?
1: Um, because it, it's a one-stop shop in regards to getting the basics down. So, that they can actually then learn about because there's different levels. So, you learn like the very basics to get going, and then you learn enough to make a little bit of money, and then you make a little bit of money, and then you owe taxes. And then, and so there's like all these things that go on top of each other. And so, this is sort of the baseline to say, hey, you could do it. This is good. This is where you are. And now you could do boot camp, or now you could do other coaching. Because I've learned over time that I needed different coaches for different things as yeah. I move through my practice. Totally. Um, yeah. And so that's why I thought, hmm, okay, let's do this.
2: (laughs) Well, and I, just knowing Sherry, I think um, one of the things that's really um, interesting is that, like, when you say, like, we want to help our community, so we start a group practice. And lots of people want to help, but they don't think about starting it in that way, right? And there are a lot of things in starting a group practice that are, that seem very simple on the surface that are not simple at all. Right? There's a lot of um, logistics and a lot of things to manage and you guys have done that really artfully. But also <laughs> part of that group practice, I think you guys have come into contact with so many um, pre-licensed and newly licensed clinicians where you're seeing that they have a heart and you're seeing how they could help and you're seeing that they were like wholly unprepared for being business owners and wholly unprepared for private practice And you could see how much they learn from that experience of working with you. And you guys are, you, you are specifically, I mean, every, all the people that are the core of your organization that you are naturally just a guide and a mentor. That's like who you are in your core. Um, So to like translate what you're already doing naturally with your employees and then to move that into something that other people can benefit from, from all over the state and all over the country. I mean, that's just amazing, Sherry. Like, I love that you can see your heart out there.
0: You're not reinventing the will. You're just expanding what you are already doing it and doing and pushing it out to other people that you can't serve within your office.
1: Well, and it's interesting because I, I go and talk to graduate programs now, and <clears throat> there's such a mindset. Well, you can't make money. You have to give back. And it's like, well, we could do both. Yes. And, and they go, what? How, how do you do that? <laughs> and then it's like, do I have to live in poverty? No, you don't have to live in poverty either. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, but there is this still mindset that you, if you're making money, you're not giving back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
2: yet, all of these graduate students are paying an incredible amount of money for their education. Yes, they Um, are. And many of them have incredible student loans. Also, like, they're teaching their clients boundaries and self-care and how to value themselves and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And there's almost this, like, total disconnect between the fact that, like, what they're actually, like, bringing in from the culture of how we're teaching our pre-licensed people doesn't match up with what we're telling our clientele. Um, And so when we align that and we start to get like authentic and go, okay, what if it's not about like being wealthy or rich or that we're money grubbers, but like maybe it's really okay to value ourselves and that as business owners that we need to make sure that we're not going into work sick um, because we're going to like lose our place and we can't pay the rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and We need mm-hmm. to have um, vacations saved up and sick time. And we need to be able to go and do good trainings and get supervision and consultation and all these things. So we can really be excellent at this work because this work is amazing, but who says it's easy, Right how many of you have, have like been like surprised over time at how much emotional and physical energy it takes to sit and talk with somebody and just be there with them. Like it's a <laughs> ton of energy. So um, awesome. So uh, I know you have the other questions up.
0: Well, um, I did, I think the one lesson for those of you that are listening to take from Sherry is that she's doing something that she was already doing, right? She started with this idea of service and service in the community And then taking in these clinicians, learning about their need, and then expanded upon that. She didn't, like, Mm -hmm. scrap the whole thing and start over. She built upon what she had started with.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: How about for you, Mallory? Uh, Can we go back to Sherry for a second, too?
2: Because I think the other thing that Sherry mentioned was when that was stabilized. Mm -hmm. She talked about growing the group practice. When that was stabilized, right? Now, Sherry, was there a time before the group practice was stabilized that you thought about moving beyond the couch?
1: Yeah, because you get burned out. You, you mm-hmm. get too many clients, and, and you're working really hard, and you're paying your rent, and you're making a little bit of money, and you're like, but if I stop doing this, then I'm not going to be able to make money because I have to see this many clients. And um, you know, part of it is you still try to be as lean as you possibly could be in business, but at some point you just get tired of doing that work. Mm-hmm. And having to take clients,
2: mm-hmm. and so what was the what was the major turning point for you in in figuring out like what needed to shift for you to stabilize to even like open yourself up to have the space to do um, you know your private practice in a box and to have this the room for that like what was the what was like the mindset shift or what was the permission you gave yourself what was the shift where you went okay I'm gonna reorient and pivot to make some shifts to free up some time so that I can then do this other thing.
1: I think when financially we were stable, when the office was getting in a lot of clients and I wasn't having to do it, a lot of additional marketing. I mean, we do 65 to 80 intakes a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once that was flowing well and the structure mm-hmm. was flowing well, and my interns were all taking their exams and passing, Mm-hmm. Um, and they became licensed people. In fact, I have more licensed people now than I do interns right now. That's cool. Yeah, um, and I've sort of, you know, we've pushed them along and grown them up, and so that was the point where I said, okay, I think I now can do other things. So I didn't completely drop my caseload. I still have a caseload, but I dropped it enough where I use most of my mornings for productivity time, mm-hmm. and then I see clients in the afternoon.
0: Right, awesome. so you were financially stable, and mm-hmm. you had processes in place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot things, of them.
0: And you automated what you could, mm-hmm. and you had, like, some period of time where you were replicating that and seeing that it was working.
1: Yeah, because we've had, we've had a few times where I'm like, oh, maybe I should go out of business because it's tough. And you go, oh, wait, there's a hole here. There's a hole here. And, oh, wait, we're losing money here, and we had to fix those things. Yeah. But I think, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's with every business. hmm um, Yes. I just had to learn.
2: Right. It is, but I think a lot of therapists when they see that like they're not making money, they go, Okay, I'm gonna like do another stream of income without looking for the holes, without looking mm. for the process without that. looking at the business mm. stuff. You have to like really hone in the business, make sure that what mm. you're doing at the core is profitable and streamlined and that you've created space and mm. then you add in because otherwise what you end up doing is replicating. The same issues like the same. Oh, I'm not looking at my bookkeeping. I'm not looking at the finances. I'm not Mm -hmm. making sure with my social media that like I'm doing this effectively. I don't know how people are finding me. I don't know how to market. That's not going to change just because you added a service.
1: Right. 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 Yeah, you need to be streamlined. So
0: what (laughs) do you wish you would have known or done before moving and adding another stream of income?
1: that project takes longer than you anticipate them taking. Yes, time.
0: that's true. Because <laughs>
1: yeah. you, you make this nice little plan and you're going to do this and do this and you, you know, project out three months, six months, you know, a year. Yeah. And and you're like, okay, I should be done with that. And you're like, no, 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 I'm still doing this or I'm still writing mm. out. Or um, you get invited someplace that you weren't expecting to be invited to do something. So that day is blown because you're going to do that to tell right. about your project. So. Just, it just takes longer than, than I thought it would. Um, but the other issue is, is that you can plan and plan and plan. And if you don't take that step because it's not perfect, mm-hmm. um, it'll, never, it'll never get going. And so right. sometimes you just have to, like, grit your teeth and jump into the deep end of the pool and swim. Um, it may not look gracious and, and you, know, you may look funny at first and, and then it starts to smooth out. Sweet. So what do you think is the key in your success uh, tenacity. You
0: are. That is true. I think anyone that knows you can testify to the truth of that. I support yeah, that
4: sure. statement, 100.
1: I, I just don't give up. I'm like, you know, I, see, failure is is like an obstacle. It's not really, to me, it's not really failure. And so Preach. I just go, okay, we need to figure out how to get through it or around it. And I call my tribe and I say, what am I doing? What do I need to do? Or I talk to a coach, or I read the book, or I figure something else out. So I think not giving up, um, even when it's been a really bad day and you just like want to crawl in the hole, mm-hmm. you just, you can crawl in the hole for a while and then you get up and dust yourself off and keep moving.
0: Sweet. All right. Thank you. Uh-huh. Awesome. We'll come back awesome. around with more questions. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go, you need to use the mouse. <laughs> you want to go to Mallory next. Uh, Why don't you talk about uh, your income stream beyond the traditional one-on-one and why you chose it?
3: Sure. So I, um, within my practice, I started this year doing some group therapy. And just recently, I hosted my first uh, school anxiety workshop for back to school. So those are my two beyond the couch streams of income for now. And I'm in the process right now of taking the next step because I've wanted to provide like some other like online resource for my families and teens and so I'm in research mode right now to see There's what you. is it that people want because mm-hmm. what I had been doing in the past um is doing what I want <laughs> and that's not always what people are ready for
0: <laughs> interesting
2: right <laughs>
3: so
4: weird you
0: need this you just don't know it <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: We can make a lot of assumptions, you know, because yeah. we see the need, but figuring out where that um, space is and and finding that middle ground is really important.
0: <gasps> yeah. I'm going to pause so- you for a moment because Michelle's here. Yeah. We're so I'm excited
2: Michelle. that you're here.
0: Well, Hold on. Let me just. Sorry, finagle yeah. myself.
5: Hey, Michelle. Hi guys. I'm so sorry. I had trouble getting in. No worries. We'll come oh, around to qu- your questions though. Mallory's answering okay. yeah. why
0: she chose her additional stream of income beyond the one-on-one. So, um, when and why did you know it was time to move beyond the couch?
3: Um, well, to go back to my earlier thing, I have wanted to do groups in private practice, like from the beginning, because, um, I just really, really love groups. <laughs> um, I've, done a lot of them in previous jobs, and I found them to be really powerful and really effective, but I just couldn't figure out how to do that in private practice, and I think part of it was I was trying to rush the process initially, and I was also, um, similar to like what Sherry had learned, that I wasn't being patient enough. Like, I was like, well, I set this date for, like, February 1st, and nobody signed up yet, so whatever, going on to the next thing. And I, I, I actually that. came back to it, like, two or three times before I actually stuck it out, and I'm so glad that I did.
0: <laughs> Go ahead.
3: Yeah. So
0: what do you wish you would have known or done different before adding all this stuff?
3: Yeah, so I think I would have known that um, I – would have been a little more confident when people would call and say like, okay, so how many people do you have in your group yet? And when I had none, like I was honest about it, but I was super awkward about it too. I was like, I don't have anybody yet. You want to (laughs) sign (laughs) up?" Which is very enticing, I know. (laughs) But it was interesting. Actually, one of my – the parents of a group member who is – one of the founding group members and still in the group gave this little feedback to me about how that was actually really nice for her girl because uh, she was really worried about entering into a group that was already established. Mm. And so it was nice to know that she was gonna be one of the first people. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm gonna use that. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So I think just knowing, um, you know, be a little more confident when I was answering the phone initially and also, um, I didn't always offer the fact that I was trying to start a group, and so I, I wish that in I would have just said I also help this way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I we talk a lot about with people, like in boot camp, is sort of like don't just assume they may not know their options. So yes. be sure to let them know, like, hey, maybe one on one isn't what you want. Maybe what you want is you know, uh, a group. Like, did you know I also had a group? Would, do you want to talk about that as an option as well? So, yeah.
3: Yeah. Once I I I added that into my intake screening call, even if it didn't seem like they were interested in group, I just started throwing it out there and that's how it kind of built. So, Ah. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: and this I think that's really powerful because
2: that is something that we see pretty consistently as people go to add a group into their private practice. And they're like, oh, my goodness, this will be amazing. It's a great um, way to help my community. Group is so powerful. It could be another stream of income. This is wonderful. And then they go, but I can't fill my group, right? Oh, goodness, like I keep trying to do this, and I keep cycling through. And this place of understanding that the way that we – market it is really important the way that we share this with the community right marketing is just letting people know the way that we speak about it is really powerful and that when we learn and find that sweet spot and people go oh my gosh this is amazing right yeah
3: yeah it's interesting too because you know I found I was a lot more patient in building up my individual clients that I'm like oh yeah they'll come no worries yada yada But then with the group, I was like, it needs to be filled right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It must have six to eight participants right in this moment, because otherwise
0: (laughs) it's a failure.
3: So patience and and confidence. Yeah, and I actually started with, I had two people definitely signed up when I was like, okay, we're just going to like set the date. And then a third person joined like two days before. So I was like, okay, this is like a group. And then that third (laughs) person really did not want to be in group. She actually left right here on this couch (laughs) so she only lasted one group (laughs) um but I was like so nervous about in the beginning just having two people but um it it, like just slowly built from there and it was nice Mm -hmm. because it was a nice foundation and everybody's been very welcoming as they've come into group and now Mm -hmm. I have one spot open
0: (laughs) so what do you think is the key to your success in doing the groups and
4: workshops
3: um I think just Being really excited and passionate, and keep talking about it, and um, just telling people this is what I do. (laughs) Yeah,
2: simple and yet not so simple, right? (laughs)
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Very fantastic.
2: Thank you, Mallory.
0: Nicole, hello. Uh, now, you have lots of different incomes <laughs> that aren't even related to therapy and stuff, So, but you get to share what you want about what you do beyond your one-on-one stuff.
4: I know. I, so Oh, gosh. Um, so I don't count my nonprofit as the income stream. It's just something that I do, um, but Kids Court and Counseling Center is um, close to my heart, and, and thank you, for Sherry, for helping me get it started. And now um, Sherry's actually one of my contractors. So I actually send therapy clients over to her with grant money that we have. So that's exciting because she Mm -hmm. has amazing, amazing, amazing therapists. So that's a blessing. Um, So there's kids court. Um, There's Stolar Counseling and Consultation where I do child custody evaluations um, for family law court. So I'm the designated expert. And then I do the evaluation, um, send back custody recommendations to the court, and then oftentimes testify depending on how contested it is. Um, I don't do a lot of therapy. We can get into that if you want. Um, <laughs> no, <it's okay. laughs> I do. Um, I'm very solution focused. Um, I definitely enjoy um, working as an expert on lawsuits. That's like my favorite thing probably because I get to take it apart and figure it out. And I don't have to meet the trauma um, live and in person because it's on paper. So I actually really enjoy that because I can still be helpful, but in a different way. And then I sell skincare, which um, usually shocks the, out of most people. Um, But apparently through all of this, I found out I'm kind of a business person and I really value residual income and I really really value not having my butt in the chair every second of the day because I want to see my kids grow up. And after 11 and a half years at CPS um, and all of the trauma exposure, and I still have trauma exposure on my child custody evaluations, I needed something light. I needed something that had nothing to do with any of this. um, Honestly, that was just so separate and it surprised me and now it's doing well and I love it. And it's helping women um, have an income stream that they didn't really expect. And, and that's just a different way to help um, kind of create abundance and flexibility. So that I'm excited about because it's completely different. Um, But therapist court prep is something that kind of came from Boot camp. It came from working with Sherry. And just FYI, I was Sherry's first therapist practice in a box. By the way, I was the first one. So <laughs> I said everybody needs a Sherry when they first start out. Somebody who tells you you can do it. Somebody who tells you to stop trying to do it perfectly. Just get started. Just get started, and and allow yourself to be imperfect. So um, I will gladly own that position. Um, I'm glad that now that, that can reach more people who want to do therapy or have a practice. Um, But therapist court prep is something her and I've talked about, and it's an opportunity to share what to do to set yourself up so that you don't have to get jammed up with court, especially when you don't like court, um, like court policies. And then when we did the boot camp, we did um, the online course, but what really came from that was now the stress-free court handbook guide. And that's, that's the baby. That's the one that um, I don't, you know. How's it described to me? It's um. It was. It made one therapist feel like her shit didn't stink in court that day. Uh, <laughs> we get to cuss on here, right? It's you guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, best, the best testimonial ever. I was like, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. She's like, I walked out of there. I was standing strong, and I'm like, yes, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. So that all in a nutshell, helping others, but maybe doing some reserve for ourselves at the same mm-hmm. time, um, and so. I don't do traditional therapy very often. I just have a few of those clients, but you know, okay. double
0: pick. so there are a lot of things going yeah. on, but yeah. I want people to understand that all these things didn't happen all at the same time. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about how you knew when to do add another thing?
4: Okay. So I messed up. So let me share the mess up. How about yeah.
0: that? Um, there. Um, I know
4: what you're going to say. Go ahead. Okay. So my, one of my biggest mistakes um, was starting kids court um, at the time that I did the nonprofit, because it's a completely different type of business. It requires um, a a different, everything, a different everything. And I just didn't, I was very bright eyed and I, you know, I'm just going to offer the service and these kids need it and they do. And it's great. And it's growing, but the timing of it, I would have done it differently. And so when I look now at, okay, what what can you do in the time that you have? What uh, makes the most sense? Starting one business at a time, honestly, um, <laughs> it's a smarter way to go. I'm an expert witness. It's pretty sad. But FYI, start one business at a time. Apparently, I needed to learn that myself because I'm kind of hard-headed and oppositional. But, um, so, so. So starting Kids Court at the time that I did kind of threw things off in the way that I did it. And now as I look at Kids Court as a true business, um as because of how I how I run my other businesses. Somebody's here.
0: People. Yeah, welcome um, <laughs> to working from home. Go
4: ahead. And and so so I think that's that's kind of the trick is um maybe really honoring and knowing how much has to be done for a business. And and like you guys were saying, looking at all those different pieces that have to happen. Um, and accepting that you don't know what you're doing, but maybe being a little bit more careful about what to start with. And so I would not have known to do therapist court prep had I not done store counseling and child custody evaluations and worked with Sherry, I wouldn't have really even thought to market a court policy, that somebody could copy and paste, I wouldn't ever have thought to market an online course that would help therapists because I was so used to helping my friends on the phone at night, freaking out the day before court. Can you help me court? i like, my kids are, you know, I literally would have this thing. I'd be like giving my kids a bath and trying to like help my friend. I'm like, this is chaos. Um, and then Sherry, why don't you just make a course? Why don't you just write a book? And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. So easy. Um, oh, fire um, So So, but it it made sense. So again, timing, yeah, I would have totally done it differently um, in different pieces. But I think what would have made more sense was solar counseling with child custody. And then therapist court prep would have been probably the next step. And then now that things are settling in, I would have probably handled opening kids court differently, more as a program, less as its own nonprofit standing as a business, if that makes sense. So it's, it's definitely a, a learning curve, a business learning curve. Um, when we want to do something nice for the community. That's fantastic. But We have to run a business. You have to be able to feed your, your family and you have to be able to keep the lights on. And I think that um, I created more of an obstacle course for myself than I needed to. And so now looking back, right, Sherry's enjoying that. Um, <laughs>
1: I mean, were gonna talk. Uh, <laughs> hey, we were but, both jumping over fences.
0: But you didn't add the skincare in the midst of all that. That came a little later too. Yeah.
4: That was a tax write-off. That's because I was just going to write it off my taxes.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I think, I think there, no, I remember specifically her buying a purse and being like, it's going to carry my stuff and it's written off and she loves purses. So, but I, but I think like, you, you are learning from some of those things absolutely and how you do it. Yeah, what do you think has been the key in you being successful?
4: Uh, not giving up. Just not giving up. Um, yeah. Accepting that, that shift that Sherry's talking about, accepting failure as just part of it. You fail and then you learn from it. So it's really not a true failure. Like, oh, okay, well, that didn't work or, oh. Crap, you know, I used the wrong whatever and I just lost a couple grand and that sucks and it hurts a little bit, but it's going to be okay because I'm just going to keep moving forward and find something that works. Um, and you do have to try things and you do have to lose some money. I mean, it's you're going to try things out and they fit or don't fit. And that's part of learning what we need when we need it. And, you know, are we, t- we have too much of this and less of that. And I think just going, okay, I'm just not going to be scared of it and I'm just going to make mistakes and forgiving myself, which I am constantly working on um cuz and and allowing myself to make money what um you know mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> apparently really there's like money blocks or something um especially with therapists what? I mean, god forbid we make money um god forbid so all of that not being scared of money um not letting fear take over and accepting failure as oh cool okay well that's done now for the year I can mark that off the list and you know move on so long answers I do. I think
0: sometimes people give up too soon, but they don't give it a fair, a fair shot, you know? Um, And each of you has from what I've seen and my experience of working with for sure.
2: I think it's, it's it's terrifying to go down that path and to put something out there in whatever way that you do, and then feel like people aren't responding to it. it is like, because it's something that comes out of, Often, like a really deep place of like, I really want to help. This is like such a piece of like who I am and what I'm about. If people don't respond to it, it feels like it could feel like a hit to the ego, oh, right? God, it God. can feel God. like a hit to like who you are as a person. Nobody wants to dance
4: about. with me. Nobody wants to dance with me. <laughs> <laughs> somebody dance with me, please? And nobody wants to. You're like, but everybody said that somebody would dance with me, and then you're just like, you know, and that's what it feels like. It just come on but but everybody sort of- said I
2: should come to the dance I should come to the party and everybody says I'm pretty but then like but why am I still single or whatever <laughs> the thing is right happening? <laughs> i feel rejected so yeah. I think those are those are experiences and definitely Kelly as Kelly was alluding to we've had those experiences too yeah. and a lot of times people look and they're like oh wow like you guys just did this boot camp thing, you just like popped it up and then like, wow, you just like sold it out and like they just do math without looking at any like business expenses and how very, much it takes for us to even like, it our is. email, yeah, it's just start us. our email <laughs> marketing, like how much it costs for us to email people with the amount of contacts we have is like, would like blow people's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's just a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. So it's a really funny thing to go like, no, like, I've been doing consulting and like doing this blogging thing for like 12 years um, before I ever met Kelly. And then also like, wow, we've been together now. We were actually like looking and going, Oh my gosh, like we're like a year and a half out from like our 10 year anniversary as business partners. And like, wow, like how are we going to celebrate? You know, that? But there's kind of thing, a lot so.
0: that goes with it. And I'm, mm-hmm. and so I want to say thank you for sharing each of you. I mean, uh being opening up the curtain, so to speak, because you know nicole i don't i you're right you you did a lot, I remember all at once, <laughs> and then slowly you worked backwards to like clean things up, yep, you know, so and I think that happens too, so um Michelle, hi. Hi. Do you want to put her? How are you? I'm so glad you're here. Hey, I'm so glad worried. to
1: be here. <laughs> I'm so glad I can
5: finally, get through.
0: Yeah. You want to share what you do beyond the one-on-one? And why?
5: And why? I, yes. Um, I actually sort of got into real estate a little bit. So, oh. <laughs> I was um, my first private practice office was slammed with therapists, and I wanted to get on insurance panels, which don't ever do that. (laughs) Don't go down the road. Listen to Callie and
2: Miranda. (laughs) Um, Don't go down that road for for poor reimbursing um, insurance panels that do not work within your business plan. Let's be very clear about that. Sometimes there's appropriate insurance panels that treat you well and reimburse you properly, but... You can't do it for 30 bucks an hour, guys. Like, there's just right. no, there's no so mask I, for that.
5: I stayed on one panel. I still do TRICARE because I want to help the military, but um, off of everything else. But at the time, I was looking for business. And so there was um, a little town over next to Sacramento called West Sacramento and had no um, therapists there. So I thought, well, if I got over there, I could get on some panels. So... I went over, and so I had my first office, and then I went over to look at some property. I found a property I liked, and then I was able to negotiate a really cheap lease. So I was running back and forth between the two offices, and I realized that, you know, why don't I sublease each office? So I was able to make my rent on both offices from the subleasers that I had. So then I wasn't paying rent. And then um, from there I wanted to move out of both buildings. So I went looking for property and I took one of my subleasers with me and said, let's do this together. He was all on board. And when we actually found the property and started look, you know, getting ready to sign, he pulled out. So then I was now looking at, you know, five times the rent that I was paying for this whole floor of a building. And I just was like, I was, I knew I was coming to Mac and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Like I was terrified and I just signed and within (laughs) the, so then I was able to like um, actually have them do some renovation work Made it really pretty, got it exactly what I wanted, and then I had this place full within like the first month. And so, the first month, I made the rent, and then by six months, I was turning profit. So, it's and I found how much I love the business part. Awesome. So I was it was so exciting. So, my rent normally in this building would be $900. And so I don't have to pay that. And then on top of that, I have, you know, some bucks extra every month. Um, and it's been really lovely to actually meet a whole bunch of other practitioners that are in here. There's, um, we have an osteopath and we have an Ayurvedic practitioner. So besides, um, clini- you know, clinicians that what we do, we have all of that. So it's pretty cool and called it like the Midtown um healing arts collective so we're all yeah so we all you know we're all in business for ourselves I don't force anybody to go to meetings I do everything by email (laughs) because I left the county and I had I was like no meetings (laughs) (laughs) a couple times people have been like should we have a meeting nope no (laughs) (laughs) no How many of us have worked for the county and like been oop, like oop, started by the county
2: meetings? meetings? <laughs> Everybody but sweet Mallory. Mallory, that's why she still looks so, so young. Like she's, she's actually <laughs> older than I am. You wouldn't know it, but it's because she never worked for the county and did meetings.
0: So, okay. So you did kind of do like a stepping into um, all of that. So mm-hmm. how did you know when to take the next step?
5: So really it was just kind of organic because of the way that what was going on at my other office. I just didn't like like the way the waiting room was set up. I didn't like, um, some of the, well, we had a clinician that would show up drunk and so I had no control over who was working there. Yeah. That was really creepy. And, um, had to look up what the rules were and bbs and everything like that so you know it just i wanted to sort of have that control and so it it just made sense for me at that time just to go ahead and go for it as soon as i saw the space
0: so what do you wish you would have known or done differently
5: um before I feel like on this venture, I did everything. I don't think I would change anything, but I did venture into intern as trying to make another stream of money and that one didn't go as well. And what I wish I had done was consult with therapists first who had interns instead of just rushing into that. I didn't make money. I it was a lot of work and, um, you know, I think other people do it really well, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah. And so I wish I had maybe discussed it more. Um, the whole thing of having employees was really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. That part of the business I didn't enjoy. So yeah.
0: I think sometimes we think that naturally the next step is to do X, Y, Z. Um, but it's, it doesn't mean that's naturally for us. And so I've heard this a lot, like, oh, next step is to expand and get employees or contractors. And that may not be, and I knew, like, after coming out of the county and managing 25, 50 people, I was like, I'm not doing, (laughs) I'm not managing, (laughs) you know. And so sometimes you have to go there and see, and then you learn about yourself. So I think business, in a way, is a reflective process, too, of learning and developing the self.
5: Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. I definitely learned like I that I like to teach from that piece, but cool. I did not like having employee. So that I would never do again.
0: <laughs> so what do you think has been successful? There's Katie Gerwell in Seattle. Uh, what do you think has been six like the key to your success?
5: I think I'm because I'm just really flexible. So I'm really flexible with the landlords who are attorneys. So that can be a little sticky sometimes, but luckily for me, my past life, I was a paralegal. So I actually <laughs> know the personality of attorneys and I the can work. Really well. <laughs> <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So like being able to negotiate.
5: Yes. So you have to negotiate quite a bit. And then I've found, you know, I've gone through a few different tenants, so I think that it's really important um, to spend some time learning who the people are going to be, Mm -hmm. and, you know, because they are, you're trusting this property that's, you know, for me, it's just completely in my name, and I have the responsibility of it, and I'm trusting all these clinicians to, I have 10 people here now, so... They're going in and out and having you know the alarm and all kinds of logistics with the building so that for me um, I just try to keep in communication lots of email like I said I just don't do meetings and I think actually they appreciate that you know because any of us that have had to sit through lots of meetings to plan the next meeting we know that we don't want to do that. <laughs>
0: Okay, so I think we're going to do the round robin and then uh, we'll just mention uh, what's coming up with most awesome conference and then we'll open up to Q&A. I know we won't have enough time to answer everyone's questions because I've seen people like typing away, but uh, do you want to put it on the little? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so for our round robin, what is the one piece of advice? that you'd give to anyone who wants to move or is considering to move beyond the couch? Mallory.
3: Um, I think I would say, don't be afraid to ask for help and support. Um, I think what made it really possible for me to move forward was I finally like broke down and actually hired a VA after talking about it for two years. (laughs) I wish I had done it in the beginning. (laughs) She's lovely. Awesome. (laughs) Sherry.
1: Just do it. You know, you you need to learn to be out of your comfort zone and when you need to get help, find it and just do it.
4: Nicole being willing to be uncomfortable and Mm. not give up and absolutely be open to um, not taking it personally. I think that's probably really hard in business because it's part of us and it's what we're putting out there. And I think the taking it personally takes way too much time. It really has. We don't have
0: time for that. We had all the business,
4: and it really sucks up a lot of time. We yeah. take it personally, and and I think if we could be the therapist that we are for to, to ourselves, and and forgive ourselves a little bit more as we do these business steps, I think that would help us push past the fear and lean in a little bit more. and And that's something I probably um, would have done more of in the past, um, but you know, I think that's that's the growing curve is learning to do that now and doing it better is, and trying to help other people with that too. It's maybe be leaning in a little bit more.
5: Michelle? I would say if your gut is telling you to do something and you're terrified, just feel the fear and then just jump in with both feet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if your gut is there with you and that's what was calling me and saying, you can do it. You can do it. Mm -hmm. So There
2: is, um, I like that sense of like that intuition place, that intuitive place of like knowing that something is supposed to move. And as a business coach and consultant, there's been a lot of times where I've talked with people about that intersection between having all your ducks in a row and having your intuition and knowing that there are some times when you don't have your ducks in a row, but it's time. And that you know that it's a risk and you know that there's a little bit more risk and maybe some more reward, but like trusting the intuition and knowing like, okay, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to do this imperfectly. And I'm going to do my best and I'm going to get as much support as I can, especially because I don't have my ducks in a row, right? Um, versus that place of like when you know that your intuition says that you're supposed to be doing something, if you just dig your heels in and go, but I don't have A, B, C, D, E, F, G – Sometimes you're never going to get to that point unless you're moving forward. I'm definitely a person who I need something to be moving in order for me to be moving. I need to be in that flow um, in order to have the experience. I'm a kinesthetic learner, you know, I'm a hands-on learner. And so sometimes that looks a little bit messy. Uh, Now that we've done this a lot and launched a different, you know, different online programs and done a lot of different things, that process looks a lot less messy when we launch something new we're like oh and they're like oh wow they just did that yeah because we've done it more and more and have all these skills have developed over time so um can we get a huge shout out and thank you to these amazing happen to all be women honestly yeah. enough um who took time out of their very busy lives and very busy schedules and also time with like their family and friends and kids and all that kind of stuff to sit and be with us um, and to hang out and answer some questions and everything like seriously um, each of you are just amazing humans and thank you so 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 much for being here um, you know one of the things that does happen to be like a random it's sort of random, but not sort of random that when we were thinking about who are the people who are doing things beyond the couch and who are the people who are doing kind of like out of the box things, um, that they were obviously like people that we've come in contact with, but it's been fun over the years to have something pop up and see like cool things happen and go most awesome conference. And then like somebody pops up and like, they're doing this thing. We're like most awesome. Conference. Have you guys noticed that too? We were just yeah. like, Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. Oh, we're just, most are and and I think, that, and this is not a plug in that way for Most Awesome Conference, but I think that there's something about when, whether it's the intuition that brings you to something like that, or whether it's also just being in community with people um, mm-hmm. in this way, where other people are really thinking bigger and thinking broader, and they're all sort of coming together and going... Oh my gosh, not only are like, I'm excited and I want to give you feedback, but when you go and do something, I want to help spread it and I want to help share it and I want to be your tribe. I've heard that word a couple of times today too, this tribe thing. Um, So I know we've been getting lots of like pokes about Most Awesome Conference because we skipped it this year so that we could work on – plugging up some holes in our process so we can have a little bit more time. Um, But we are actually in the planning process for our next most awesome conference um, for 2018. So we're really excited. Uh, And uh, we know a few things for sure. um, And we know a lot of things not for sure. So we're not exactly (laughs) sure what we're doing. Um, We're looking at some of the most amazing properties. um, Like really cool. Unfortunately, um, the place that we have been at the last couple of years is not available um, this year because they're selling the house for several million dollars. Um, unfortunately, we're not at the place to buy the place and just know that that's our Mac place. Uh, but the places that we're looking at are, um, I know it's hard to say, are more rad in so many ways than wow. uh, the La Jolla house. So uh we so we know that they're we're looking at three really great spaces and all of them are going to be amazing and taking back up a notch um And we know that it's going to be in late September. We're 99% sure it's going to be, I wrote the dates. The last
0: week in September.
2: Yeah, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, And uh, we know that if you would like to uh, be the first to know about the details, because it's still going to be a small conference, um, and it's not going to be something that we're going to all of a sudden have 300 people at, um, you go to mostawesomeconference.com. Um, And get on the interest list and we will send you out the details as we um, finalize some of these really, really cool things that I can't wait to like, like the pictures of the places we're looking at. Um, And one of the, yeah, and we actually like there's a place that like we shouldn't be able to get into. Um, but like I know somebody now since I live here, and so I was like, they were like, oh my god, that place would be amazing. And they're like, oh, they said they don't do events, and she's like, well, let me talk nice. to the owner, and then the owner gave like approval for this place that is like amazing. So um, we have some really cool places. We're sitting down to talk with uh, Joe Sanok. Um, I think next week um, we're all going to be sitting down and looking over the final quotes and making those decisions and such. So it's going to be another. Um, really intensive experience, Um, really, really focused on um, next level ballsy moves and um, (laughs) giving people lots of um, hands-on assistance in moving forward and getting stuff done.
0: So right now, if you go to that mostawesomeconference.com link, it's just to get you on the interest list. It will be September 26th. 27th and 28th is tentatively what we have planned pretty sure we're going to lock that in um but we just wanted to put out there so you can get on the interest list yes it's appropriate for second timers yes we still will have boot camp next year but some of these people have been to uh, a most awesome conference <laughs> and can testify to what the experience Terrible. is like and what the community <laughs> is like. So you'll just get on the interest list and then once everything's fin- finalized, you'll be the first to get notified and to sign up. I know you're thinking... September 2018 but if you can purchase it now you can write it off for 2017 so we always like tax write-offs yeah <laughs> all right mm-hmm. so go to mostawesomeconference.com and now we have a few minutes left for you guys to ask questions sure. Mallory somebody asked you about what is your VA and why don't you just tell them a few of the things that your VA does because VA is sure. very so
3: a VA is a virtual assistant. Um, I use Emily Hale um, through the practice of practice. Um, she is super amazing, so nice. Um, she's super accessible and everything that I've asked her, I'm like, do you think you could do that? She's like on it that day. Um, the very first thing I had her do was just take over managing my inboxes. I have two of them, one directly for me and one like a general one for the business. and for me, it had like over a hundred emails in there. Cause like, I don't know how to like let go of things. <laughs> and she cleared out my inbox in like an hour. It's like, how did you do that? <laughs> mm-hmm. So like I have her do that. I have her, um, keep track of, I have a social media tracker so I can see like my social media growth. Um, so she keeps track of that for me. Um, I have her reply to emails. Um, I'm still not quite at the spot where I feel comfortable handing over the phones yet, but I'm trying to work on my own inner peace with that, (laughs) because I know it's something I need to do in order to open up some time, but um, it's something that I enjoy, too, so.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Does anybody else have other questions for our lovely friends here?
3: So I don't right, have a question, but can I plug Most Awesome Conference? <laughs> okay.
5: <on>? <laughs> <laughs> sure, Mallory,
3: plug away. <laughs> I just have to say um, I was on the fence at first because, you know, I didn't get my ticket directly. I actually had to purchase it from somebody who had signed up and couldn't go. Um, I, and I wish I just that. Yeah, I got actually Jamie Sachs. She couldn't go, oh. and she was like, does anybody want it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I bought her ticket off of her and I'm so, so glad that I went because I feel like it really put a fire under my butt. Um, I was one of the people that was like how, um, I don't remember which one of you guys was saying this about, well, I need A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and I'm only on B and I don't really know what B really is. Um, And just having that like (laughs) one-on-one time with you guys and then the time in between to actually get to work right then and there, not like, oh yeah, I'll do it next week. Was like super motivating. Just got me like rocking and a rolling.
2: I remember you, uh, and there's different people who do this conference in a little different way, but I definitely remember like you with like headphones in. It's like yeah. what, like, <laughs> and she would just be like, she'd go, okay, cool, da 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 da, and then she would. You know, I did that. I finished this. I finished this, and she was on to the next um, consultant and like and again like see so her like pulling in with that and just really i um, making full use of that three days to get the assistance and then, Hey, I have a question about this thing. We give her feedback and then she dig right in and make it happen. Yeah. So um, th- just thinking about like what your business and practice like looked like before that and what it looked like after that. Um, and looking at oh, your yeah. website now, I actually use your website on a regular basis um, for oh. people, <laughs> uh, especially people who want to look for teens and just saying like, don't, don't replicate this or what have you. But like, if you want to see someone who's like really owning their niche and really reaching out and connecting um, with this audience, like here's a great example. And people are always just blown away. Like, wow. Like, can I ever be like that? (laughs) You know, like she's just so, you know, I'm like, like, so you have a, um, you have a
0: following Mallory, you don't even know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the plug, Mallory.
5: No problem. I can back up Mallory too, because I was there with her. And I yeah. also bought my ticket from someone else who <laughs> <laughs> couldn't go. Um, and Pauline! Yeah, from Colleen. Her son ended up graduating. Like, the graduation thing went right over
2: the top of it. And she was like, I really want to be there. But, like, my kid's graduating college. Like,
5: there's no. And we're like, no,
2: no, no. It's okay.
5: Yeah, so that worked out really well for me. I was also on the fence. And I was able to get her pricing, which was, I think, you know, pre-whatever. So, it worked out for me really well and it was an amazing experience Mm -hmm. if anyone's on the fence just again jump off the fence and just do it because it shifted my entire thinking and I've I mean my income is probably at least doubled if not more than that So, so that's huge
4: we have to invest in ourselves, um, just an FYI, because that's something that I think, we go to all these mm-hmm. conferences where we work on our clinical skills, and it's like, okay, I get it, you know, we, we want to grow, but yet, for some reason, conferences about business, it's like, it's, you know, and I'm used to that, because I do court, some people are like, you know, but you have to push through it because if we don't know how to run our businesses with nobody got in grad school, hello, none of us did. And so now we're like going backwards. And so part of that is reaching out and going to something amazing like Mac and, and finding your tribe and listening and hearing and then taking that and then growing it. But I think everybody, I I don't know if you guys do a, you want to do a little longitudinal study. Um, If you go one year, two year, five years out from Mac, I think most of us, um, whether it's, we're doubling our income from growing our practices or from growing our residual income because we're doing something different. I think that, that there's, there's so much value in that because my tribe that I got for Mac, I know for a fact, everybody is just exploding. Mm -hmm. And, and part of that is just being able to dig in for a few days and kind of push out the world and do what you got to do and get it done. And there are not other conferences like it. And is that a complete sentence? I don't know. But I don't know that there are um, because I haven't found them. I've been to stuff I'm like, waste of money, waste of time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this, this is, is not hot. a waste of your time. This is yeah. not a waste of your money. This is something that gives you the opportunity to learn the ins and outs of the business, but truly what's worked and what hasn't worked. And then everybody helps everybody. And then you make these incredible connections and you know, there's no kumbaya. Well, there might be a little bit of that, but it's good for you. <laughs> and so I believe with just, you know, stuff is done, but then you also have a good, like solid list of things to do as you go forward. So you don't leave like most conferences like, well, okay, I've got all this information now. And then it's kind of like, That's all. And then it goes on your, on your, you know, your shelf. And then it sits there collecting dust. This is like actual action plans. And I think that's, that's probably the biggest win anybody's Mm going to have at Mac is an action plan. And, and if you're kind of going off the rails, then there's people there to kind of help you get back on the rails and say, Hey, that maybe might not work. And this is what might work a little bit better. And the more open you are and the more coachable you can just absorb so much knowledge from, from just what's around you. And then you're going to leave with usually some amazing connections that just kind of help you launch forward um, and just make you feel like you're not alone because therapists, we tend to kind of be like little islands. And so this is a great way to not be an island. So,
2: I, I think that's something I love is like the way that people have really, truly like bonded, like, mm-hmm. like in a really significant way where yeah. you can look and go, okay, maybe these people sort of knew of each other, right. but now these are people who would like, yeah, stay at my house or let's go Let's yeah. go rent a place together. Yeah. Let's all do a retreat mm-hmm. together. Let's go yeah. do these things because I have made, it's almost like, I don't know if there's a better word, like a camp friend, but, but yeah. better yeah. and yeah. deeper yeah. and bigger yeah. Yeah. Um, in that place of like someone that you did go to therapy with in group, like something where you just yeah. have this like transformative experience and like that other person understands. And then when you are have the freak out, Right now that you guys oh, have yeah. better boundaries, you know, Nicole's yeah. not getting on the phone with just everybody while our kids are in the bath. Um, right. But like if someone from Matt calls, she's on the phone with them. Right. And then I'm like, the go,
4: the go to my website because Kelly Miranda taught me that be on the phone when I try to get my kids back. That's why there's now this website, you know, but yeah, that's yeah, that learning yeah. curve of honoring your yeah. time. Too, and having colleagues that support you in that, and that they yeah. they get it, and that's that's a huge gift. Oh my gosh, it's mm-hmm. just, that's a huge because. And your tribe doesn't have to do what you do. No right. one in my tribe does court. You know, no one in my mm-hmm. tribe does does child custody. You know, and so everybody brings something different to the table. But what usually the support is business building, um, getting over your fears, obstacles, hooking into good coaching, hooking into what's going to help us create abundance. Um, and not just get stuck doing something that we think we're supposed to do versus something we want to do, and so and that's that's the growth. So I'm all I'm, I continue to be grateful for that, and then of course Sherry for for taking me to my first Mac conference.
0: It's humbling to hear you guys because so this is just conversation. We are pretty much done with the <laughs> webinar, but um, it's just yeah, it's humbling to hear, and I know yeah. So, And I know, not, I know you guys are asking details, and I'm, I'm not being shady. We really, like once we found out that our, the old house that we had was being sold, it's kind of shifted everything, and now we have a few more options that we're really going to sit down next week and have a budget for and figure all that stuff out. And so promise, just get on the interest list. But I want to say thank you to each of you for taking an hour of your time to share your stories. I am so grateful to know you each personally and am so impressed because I know who you are as people and what you guys are creating. And um, I have chills just thinking about it, but um, you guys are beautiful humans and anyone that has attended this or is listening to a recording is very fortunate just to even hear your stories. Because it is inspiring and we can all, the more vulnerable and the more we share, the more we learn from each other and can be better as a community of therapists.
2: And I want to go back to something which I think is interesting too, is the vulnerability in like things that for other business owners aren't so vulnerable. It's a vulnerable thing for us to talk about income for, I don't know how many of you guys caught this as Nicole was talking and she was talking about how many people have, like, doubled or tripled or, or you know, like, their income has grown. Yes. And, and Sherry just goes like this. And, then like, she just, <laughs> like, naturally goes into this thing of, like, this part. It, seriously, like, it is a terrifying thing in our community as therapists to talk about money. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. specifically to talk about success. And more so to talk about success and money as women. Because the few people that I see talking about success financially and how much money they're making tend to be men. They t- There tends to be a little bit more confidence about that than for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it-
3: that flack all the time. Um, in Connecticut, we have a wellness um, providers of Connecticut. It's not just therapists, but it happens to be a lot of therapists. And whenever something about like insurance comes up or being self-pay, um, people just don't even think to like offer that option to people mm-hmm. and it it's kind of that mindset of like like sometimes it's their own money shame that gets in the way of even yeah. letting clients know that they have the option of paying for a better service or a service that's more appropriate for them like they don't have to stay within their network and with out of network insurances now I don't know about your guys area in Connecticut everything's a high deductible plan anyway so you're paying out of pocket so might as well get best bang for your buck.
2: (laughs) And I think that's, and I want to make clear for anyone's listening: this insurance conversation is always like, really like it gets really heated or what have you. It's, this is not to say that someone taking insurance is inherently not as good of a therapist or giving good clinical skills. There are amazing therapists on insurance panels. Absolutely no ins ands or buts period. However, it is hard if the way that you're doing insurance means that you have to see 30, 40, sometimes 50, 60 clients a week on an ongoing basis and not take vacation, I, I am not capable of doing that and not burning out and not and having that not impact my clinical skills. So if you are more power to you, I am so excited for you, but if you're not, there's no shame in that. If you have noticed that you are exhausted, that you are tired, and you're taking more clients than you really realistically can because you're trying to figure out the finances, it's okay to take a look at a business decision that also has clinical implications and let go of insurance plans that do not reimburse you appropriately. It's okay to do the math. It's okay to You know, would insurance plans. It's
0: okay to make money.
2: It's okay to make money.
0: (laughs) Would insurance plans keep
2: reimbursing $30 an hour for therapists if we stopped accepting it? Mm -hmm. You know? And people, oh, well, no, it's okay because it's EAP and like maybe you'll convert them to a client if you do it for $30 an hour or what have you. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. You're not like you're not, that's not going to build your practice. That's not going to build, like, but anywho, again, I totally like insurance can be awesome, it can be fantastic, but we have to do math. We are business owners now, and we have to take care of things like sick time, and vacation, and health coverage, and consultation, and toilet paper in the bathrooms, people. <laughs> and you don't need the scratchy kind, you need the good stuff.
5: Can I talk to the vulnerability for a second? Yeah. Um, So I remember my first call before Mac with Kelly and I was crying like almost the whole entire time (laughs) and I was like, I'm just not worth, I don't think I can get off these panels and I just, you know, I had just really taken in that basically my worth was about $60 an hour at the most. And I couldn't even think of, you know, doubling or tripling that. And, you know, today I ask for what I believe I'm worth every day that I'm asked. And I'm like, if they don't want to pay it, then we're just, it's just not the right fit today, you Mm -hmm. know. And so I think that being vulnerable, walking in there to Mac, and the first thing I did was sit down and resign from my panels Mm. and send letters to my clients. And just that, if I got anything from the whole conference, just that was like the biggest, most amazing, and very vulnerable place to be in. I was so scared, Mm -hmm. but it was worth it completely. Mm. So,
1: Well, the interesting thing that I have found is that um, I'm getting $110 an hour for my interns cash. And part of it is putting it out there what we need now. My fee is significantly higher than that, but people are more willing once they have an idea of what your fees are to come up and and pay those. And we're resigning from. We, we started with a, a mixture of where we, because of where we were, we felt we sort of kind of had to. Like many, I see some bunch of people in the chat saying that they feel like they have to. Um, And we did it for a little while. And then we just started peeling them off and it Mm -hmm. becomes more and more. And we've actually did some really good things with Kaiser. We negotiated. We basically held them hostage. We said we had 250 of your clients. If you still want us to keep seeing them, uh, you have to pay us more. And they're like, oh, uh, okay. How much do you want? (laughs) Oh, that
0: makes me (laughs) (laughs) sad. It's such a baller. I love it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's the that's the piece, right? Not like, can I please get on your panel? Even though I don't know how much it reimburses, and it reimburses
4: thirty (laughs) dollars.
2: Shit. You know, like I'm just gonna keep please, I'm desperate. No, I'm a good clinician, I'm attracting these, it's gonna make your life easier. I give I I take care of business, you don't have to worry, my paperwork's filled out properly.
0: I'm worth it. Dang it. Mm -hmm.
5: Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes.
0: All right, I'm going to take a picture for my Instagram. Say hi. Hi. (laughs) And with that, thank you guys. Thank you. We love you very much. Love you too. Thank you for everyone that has hung in there with us. We will have another one on multiple streams of income that will be a little bit more process, formula stuff that you guys will learn. But this has been inspirational, and I have appreciated each and every one of your stories. For sure. How many of you guys like this
2: format? I'd like to hear from that. Like, what was this like to do a panel and have it be a little bit
0: less, like... Organized? Yeah, like like, like a little more raw. Less presentation-y. I don't know.
4: This is real, how it is, okay. right? Yeah. This is how it is. Yeah, yeah. It's this like is how we is. usually like, come together, and this is how we usually help yeah, each other. Yeah, this is
0: how we talk. Usually, <laughs> we zoom. A
4: lot of us zoom with each other, and I yes. mean, this is kind of the norm because we're, you know, kind of stuck where we're stuck. We're like, okay, let's jump on real quick and Sweet. and you know try to hash something out. So, thank you. This is great.
0: That's very yeah. true. So, I really like it. Too. Sweet. Okay. All, All right. right. We're gonna go. Bye. Lunch. Have, lunch. have go a eat. Good day. Be See good. you guys. Bye.